Alrighty. Here we go. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. That's where we'll start out at. Alright, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. Just so I know you're awake and here, if you, when you find your place, say amen. Amen. Alright, if you found your place now, say amen. Amen. <laughs> I don't know if we're gaining any ground or not. Anybody need any help? Amen. Kim's there now. Alright, I'm going to read it. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Now, I've been working on this and thinking about this. And, and we're dealing with spiritual warfare still. This, that's, what, that's what we've been dealing with on Wednesday night for months now. And that's what this is about. Uh-oh. Everybody okay back there? Alright, let's just jump into it. How many of you know what I'm talking about when I say critical thinking? Well, good. Got a clean slate to start with here almost. Well, that's good because if you're not a fan of it, then you're not going to be upset when I get done here tonight. If you are, then you will be. One of the things that I hear from and see other Christians talking about these days quite a bit is, is that it's essential to teach your children to be critical thinkers. Another one of those things didn't come from God. Show me in the Bible, critical thinking. Where did Jesus ever say that? Where did God ever say it? Where is it at? In the whole entire Bible where we're taught, encouraged to be critical thinkers. I got news for you. It's not in there because it didn't come from there. It came from this world and it came from the devil. Amen. All right. Now, you know where I stand on it, don't you? Most people are way too quick to latch on to these little word traps of the world that lead to ungodliness without even trying the spirits to see if they be of God. Now, isn't that what we've been talking about? I mean, how many times have I read that verse to you? We're to try, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits to see if they be of God. Last week, we talked about discerning between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, which is much more than just discerning between truth and error. There's a spirit of truth and a spirit of error. And if you don't deal with that, and if you don't go to that level of it, you're just going to be a Pharisee or a heretic. One of the two. You may have the truth, but with the wrong spirit. The truth of error is the way the devil uses the truth to deceive you to, into holding the truth in unrighteousness. We've all heard people preach the truth in a wrong spirit. I've seen people talk about the truth and, and, and uh, you know, what am I trying to say here? Say they possess the truth, claim the truth, declare the truth with a bad spirit. Wrong spirit. Try the spirits. 
There's a lot of these little word things that the world comes up with. And I told you before, I don't like them because they don't come from the Spirit of God. If God never changes, and if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever, then the Holy Ghost of God's the same yesterday and today and forever. He don't change. He doesn't change the language. He doesn't change the words around so that they mean other things than what they actually mean. You know, there's all kind. Of, it's just a continual stream from the world of new little cliches and phrases that change the way you think. This is one of them, critical thinking. Here's another one for you, virtue signaling. That's a new thing. Now, you're supposed to swallow that. Virtue. What is virtue? Who can tell me what virtue is? I preached on it quite a bit. Why? Okay, well, it's strength. Virtue is strength. Virtue is not righteousness. Virtue is strength. So they got you. Virtue signaling. <laughs> it's, it's, it's declaring your strength. It's, it's, it's like the goats climbing on top of the pile of hay. Yes. That's what it is. <laughs> Last week we talked about the spirit of truth and spirit of error. And it, it does... Uh, <clears throat> It doesn't require much more than a casual consideration of this matter of critical thinking to realize that there's some big spiritual problems with this concept. Trouble is, critical thinkers don't think. They think they're thinking, but they're not thinking. They're imagining. They're living in vain imaginations. They're not... Critical thinking, by definition, is dealing with facts, but they don't deal with facts. Right. No, I'm going to show you here in a minute. I'm going. <laughs> so I've also watched my own self. Some of these critical thinkers who claim to be Christians, and I've seen what they turn into. You want me to tell you? You want me to tell you? Okay, I'll tell you. Since y'all want to hear it, they reject and they rebel against all lawful authority, especially concerning the order of the church, especially in, in, involving spiritual things. They all become rebels and know-it-alls and authorities themselves on everything. They think they know more and they're more wise and more discerning than any elder or preacher or even any other Christian, for that matter. They have no respect for anybody. They, they have disdain and contempt for everybody, the, especially the elders and any lawful authority. There is an order of authority in everything, the family, the church, your job, everything. It's not a bad thing. It's the way God set everything up so that it works right. And, and anybody that has disdain or rejects, which is rebellion, lawful authority, that don't let them kid you into thinking that they are somehow subject to God. Because if they're not subject, if they despise dominion, they're going to despise the dominion of God. They're not going to be subject to God and above everybody else. Who they think they are. But that's what critical thinking brings a person to because I've watched it. I give you names. I can show you their faces. 
I know a bunch of these people. They're always contrary and contradicting and objecting to anything put forth that they don't like. And even if they like it, sometimes they'll object. It's just their habit of, of contradicting. Their habit of doubting. Their habit of questioning. That's what critical thinking is. You doubt everything, you question everything. The critical thinking is you don't believe anything. That's what critical thinking is. They're proud and haughty and separate themselves from the local church and from the fellowship of the saints. Jude 19 describes them. says, These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the Spirit. So, here's the definition of critical thinking. This is the world's definition of critical thinking. It's an, uh, the analysis of facts to form a judgment. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> the subject is complex, they say, and several different definitions exist. So, critical thinking has several different definitions. That's a good start to getting a, on a solid foundation, ain't it? <laughs> it, you, it can be anything you want it to be. Now, where did that come from? The devil or the world? Or, or God? Did that come from the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth? Or did that come from this lying devil? Is that what inspired that? A spirit of truth or a spirit of error? All right, as different, several different definitions exist, which generally include, now listen, the rational, skeptical. You know what that means? One who doubts the truth and reality of any principle or system of principles or doctrines. In philosophy, it's a prohonist or follower of Pyro, the founder of a sect of skeptical philosophers who maintain that certain inferences can be drawn from the reports of the senses. That no certain inferences can be drawn from the senses. So you can't believe. Here's the last thing. And who therefore doubted everything. <laughs> skeptic. That's what a critical thinker is. He's a skeptic. He doesn't believe anything. I won't believe it until I see it. And then I won't believe it either because my senses can lie to me. That's what it says there. They, they can't, you can't even believe. You, uh, see, let me see here. Who maintain that no certain inferences can be drawn from the reports of the senses. So you can't believe your eyes. You can't believe nothing you touch. You, you can't believe anything you hear or see. So what do you believe? Nothing. Nothing. You don't believe nothing. Critical means... Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I left off the best part here. Critical thinking, this is still a part of the world's definition of critical thinking. Rational, skeptical, unbiased analysis. Oh, my, my, my. They believe in being a critical thinker and they believe in unbiased analysis or evaluation of factual evidence. Critical thinking is self-directed, self-disciplined, self-monitored, and self-corrective thinking. <laughs> now, just in case you don't know where that came from, that came from the devil. Yes, sir. <laughs> 
That is directly, totally opposite of everything that you read in your Bible about a Christian. Everything that Jesus said. Except a man deny, he, he deny himself and take up his cross. He cannot be my disciple. You know, you, you, that's the first step is denying self. But critical thinking is self-directed, self-disciplined, self-monitored, and self-correcting thinking. Now, you want to teach your children to be correct, uh, critical thinkers? No. You're going to take the advice of the world and a bunch of ignorant, unlearned people who claim to be Christians and teach your children to be critical thinkers? Make that a priority. Because my kids going to be smarter than everybody's. They ain't going to be fools. They're gonna, they, I'm going to teach them. Not to believe anything that anybody says, anything they see or hear. I'm going to teach them to think for themselves. In theology, a person who doubts the existence and perfections of God or the truth of Revelation, and that's not the book of Revelation, truth of Revelation. One who disbelieves the divine original of the Christian religion. Now that's all the definition of critical thinking. Luke chapter 12, verse 22 through 29. I hate to take the time to read all this, but and he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither for the body, what you shall put on. The life is more than meat and all this, you know. But when he gets to the end of that, this is what he says. If God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not what ye shall eat or what ye shall think, uh, drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. Mm. So how would the critical thinker uh, dissect all the words of Christ right there? Oh, yeah. the doubtful mind. <laughs> well, they, they don't believe it. Most people who sit in churches don't believe that right there. That you ought to trust God for tomorrow's food. Right. For everything. Yeah. And quit worrying about everything. If God loves you and you belong to Him, He's going to take care of you. Amen. Now that goes right in the face of critical thinking. Yep. Sure that is a fact. Yes. But you have to have faith to believe it. That's right. So simply by reading the definition, we can see that it's contrary to the Word of God. It's contrary to the Spirit of God. It contradicts the identifying mark of Christian character, which is charity contradicts it. We can see that self is made the final authority in what is true and what is false, which is to make oneself a God. I'm looking at all my errors in my typing here because I was going so fast. I, sometimes that's why I stutter because I said, what in the world? There's a word missing. Some words got some letters missing in it. But self is made the final authority. If you're if everything's about self, if you're the one who determines what's right and wrong, whether you listen or not, whether it's true or not, yeah. and you're, it's self, 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 you think you're a God, which, you know, <clears throat> is just what the devil promised Eve, isn't it? Yep, that's yes. what he said. In order to do this, there must be a spirit of rebellion against all authority and established truth. Has to be. You want to be a critical thinker? You've got to have a rebellious heart. Yes. Amen. Yep, yep. that's right. Rebellion is open resistance to lawful authority. I'm telling you, people who rise up against somebody who 
has, and I'm not deifying preachers, and you know I don't believe that, and a preacher ain't above being corrected any more than anybody else is, but there ought to be a respect for the position, and there ought to be a respect for the age and experience and everything else. I mean, you want your little child in your face uh, um, arguing with you and uh, telling you that you're wrong? No, that's wrong, wrong, wrong. Everybody knows that's wrong. And it's wrong for anybody to do that to anybody. It's wrong for me to do that to you. Or for you to do that to one another. But there's another element in it when you rise up against the lawful authority, the teacher, the preacher. In church, there ought to be respect there. And there's a spirit of rebellion if there's not. I'm saying there's a spirit of rebellion if there's not. You're not just so much smarter that you got you just got to straighten everybody out, including everybody. Yeah. That's just not the way it is. When a human being takes it upon himself to question everything and make up his own mind about everything, he is in rebellion against God. Yes. We have an eternal book here, and it's God's revealed truth. And, and with the help of the Spirit of God and through, the, through faith in God, we can know and be assured of all matters in this world and the world to come. Amen. Yes. You got everything you need right there. He told us that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Him. And He's the Word of God. And it's right here. I'm telling you, you can find all your answers. You can get all the assurance you need. The Holy Spirit, like we said the other day, he, he, He's able to convince the mind with evidence. The Spirit of God does. Yes. The mind is the battleground. I've said it over and over through all this. Your mind is the battleground where spiritual warfare takes place. And when we yield our mind to operate after the manner of the ungodly, this critical thinking business, and, and unbelieving of this and unbelieving people of this world, you can be sure that the devil and all the spirits that are under his dominion will invade your mind and set up a stronghold with this ungodly concept. You follow me through all that? You open yourself up to this? You decide that's what you ought to do? Teach my children to think like this? And your children are going to be full of the devil because he's going to set up stronghold in their mind and nobody can tell them nothing and they ain't never going to listen to nobody anywhere, no matter what. I just took a quick look at that long list that I read here, you know, in the beginning of this, all the references to the spirits in the Bible. Four pages with multiple references for each one. And I've seen real quick, spirit of error is involved in this. 1 John 4, 6. The spirit of the world is involved in this. 1 Corinthians 2 and 12. A lion spirit is involved in this. 1 Kings 22, 22 and through 23 and Second Chronicles 18, 21, 22. I mean, a lion spirit, a seducing spirit in First Timothy 4, 1, a haughty spirit, Proverbs 16, 18, and, a, and the proud in spirit, Ecclesiastes 7, 8. You can get them later. Uh, but it's that's all of those spirits plus more. But those are ones I've seen right out of the gate. They're all involved in this critical thinking. Well, what about the what the Bible says about all that? Well, in Acts chapter 20 and verse 18 and 19, the Bible talks about here serving the Lord with all humility of mind. Wow. That's a little different than I'll make up my own mind. 
and you're not going to tell me what to do. And I'll think about it, and I'll decide. Romans 8, 5 and 7, through there it says, For to be carnally minded is death. Yes. Carnally minded? Yeah. Well, you thought that just meant lust and stuff like that. No, it means carnally minded, self-minded, humanly minded. Right. You know, thinking in terms of earthly things for everything. That's, that's what a carnal mind is. Yes, carnal mind. You think a carnal mind don't think he knows everything? You think a carnal mind don't think he's better than everybody else and he got it right better than everybody else? It's death. Romans twelve sixteen. Be of the same mind one to another. Now, how are you going to do that if everybody's thinking for themselves and just making up their own minds? Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. No, we all got to be getting our facts and our truth and our source from the same fountain. That's right. And then we'll be of the same mind. Yes. But if, we just, if we're gazing upon all the world and everything, it's a, a forcing on us. Then we're going to be fussing and fighting. And if you've got a church full of critical thinkers, you're just going to have a big fight on your hands. Right. And a miserable place to be. That right. you be of the same mind one to another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. We've been through that and through that and through that in Romans 1, and we talked about that. You remember how you perceive? And then you. Uh, uh, no, uh, you conceive, you, you see it, you get the information, and then you make up in your own mind, you form, you conceive an idea, a notion. Remember what that is? Be not wise in your own conceits. What's that? It's stuff you've decided in your mind, what's right and wrong, and how it is, and everything. It's what you have formed in your own mind about things. Be not wise in your own conceits. First <laughs> Corinthians chapter one verse ten. But I was, now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Critical thinkers never will do that. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Alright. Now the world's critical thinking produces this kind of insanity. Y'all, if you're, if you're, if you know what's going on at all in the world right now, what, what is critical race theory? Hmm? Alright, listen. Here's what it is. According to them, the intellectual movement and loosely organized framework of legal analysis based on the premise that race is not a natural, biologically grounded feature of physically distinct subgroups of human beings, but are you, you hearing all these people nowadays that there's just one race? You hear all that stuff? Where did it come from? This! Yes, came from the same place this does. But it's not that. It doesn't have anything to do with where you come from, your religion, your culture, your color, your language. It doesn't have anything to do with that. No, 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 no. Here's what race really is. It is a socially constructed 
culturally invented category that is used to oppress and exploit people of color. Critical race theorists hold that the law and legal institutions in the United States, what about the rest of the world, are inherently racist insofar as they function to create and maintain social, economic, and political inequalities between whites and non-whites, especially African Americans. That's critical race theory. That's what it is right there. That there is no such thing as race except what's invented socially. It's a figment of everybody's imagination and the only thing it ever was created for was to oppress certain people. Yeah. Same thing as there's no really gender anymore. There's no, nothing is sound. Nothing. That's what critical thinking, it's supposed to deal in facts. That's where it leads everybody. To everything is fluid. Law as things that have been established from the creation until now are now. Everybody doubts it. I mean, you know, man, woman. I don't mean anything. That's not a fixed thing. Yeah. <laughs> are y'all getting this at all? Yes, sir. Critical thinking is supposed to be based upon facts, but that's obviously. Not so in that case right there. I read an article about an artist today. Here it is right here. Look here. You see that thing there? That's an invisible sculpture. He sold it for $18,300. When it comes to art, there really aren't any rules. Anything can technically be art as long as it expresses something and there are people who are able to get something out of it. This art piece was created by Italian artist Salvatore Garou, who sold it for 15,000 euros, which is equal to about $18,300. Yeah, let me read it back here. It says, according to the news outlets, the artist was adamant that while the sculpture doesn't exist physically, that doesn't mean it's nothing. Instead, he prefers to think of it as a vacuum. This is critical thinking. Yes. Newsweek reports that he told reporters the vacuum is nothing more than a space full of energy and even if we empty it and there's nothing left, yeah, he's been smoking something. According to the Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle. How many of you have ever heard of the Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle? You really? See, Gary's heard that. I never heard that that nothing has a weight. So, nothing weighs something. Therefore, it has energy. See, from one false conclusion to the next false conclusion. This is all vain imaginations of a darkened mind. Therefore, it has energy that is condensed and transformed into particles. That is, into us. So that thing right there, Somehow it gets in you and it does something for you. And, and it ain't even there. But it weighs something. But it's nothing. While the news outlet did not report on the buyer's identity, it has been reported that the sculpture will need to be displayed in an unobstructed area that is five feet by five feet. It should also be displayed in a private home. The buyer will reportedly receive a certificate of authentication that will be signed and stamped by the artist. 
This is not the first immaterial sculpture that he's created, although it is reportedly the first he has sold. <laughs> and you don't think you're living in a nut house? <laughs> that is what I'm talking about right here. That's what that leads to. It's insanity. Insanity is the, the, the inability to distinguish between fantasy and reality. That's the legal definition of insanity. Well, what is that? Same with all of this other. I read an article. Well, critical thinking then is simply the devil flattering a gullible soul by making him believe that he can be a god himself and then he makes a fool of himself and destroys himself just like the devil did with Eve in the garden. He lies to you and he flatters you by telling you that you're so smart that you can think on your own and you don't need anybody telling you anything. You can figure it out yourself. Critical thinkers reason with vain imagination and not with facts. It is exactly what's behind all of this insanity of gender identity and homosexuality and climate change and aliens from outer space and open borders and COVID and masks and all of the rest of it. That's what's behind all of it. Yes, sir. What did I just tell you that it was? It is reasoning with vain imaginations and not with facts. What do you know that's true in this world now except what you read in this book? Hmm? Critical thinkers of the world are people who've abandoned God and so they're in darkness and blind to any kind of spiritual matters. Now, we should be sound in our reasoning. But that comes from God. He's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. When you're, when you're born again of the Spirit of God and your spiritual eyes are opened and you can understand what I'm talking about here tonight, well then, your mind is renewed. And you begin to think right. You have the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ is not an independent, you know. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It's not that critical thinking mind. Not believing nothing. Not trusting anybody. There's such a thing as thinking and thinking right. But when we use this term that the world has coined, there's too many people that are easily swallowed up in the deceit of it. That's the main point I want to make here tonight. See, they coin these phrases. And it sounds like something you ought to do. Sound like something you ought to take up. Try the spirits to see if they be of God. I've told you and told you and told you through all of this here. The, the, the physical world that you see and that we experience here is controlled and influenced by spiritual powers. And until you're born again and the Spirit of God moves into you, you are influenced by the devil. The children of this world are children of the devil. They're under the, the God, little g, of this world. 
And he takes them captive at his will. Now when you're saved and you've got the Spirit of God in you, that makes all the difference. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You have overcome them. Who's them? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So we think right. We have sound reasoning because we will not accept lies and imaginations and fantasies. The Spirit of God will not let us do that. If you do, you do not have a sound mind. One lie ruins everything. One bit of false data in your mind about morality, sin, the law of God, a God Himself, and you're derailed. But we hear these little phrases they come up with and these little word games and that's how the devil does it. Words. People talk about voices in their heads. You do. You got them. When we started out with this, we talked about how that right now, I'm looking at all of you and in your minds there's something going on. Something going on in your mind all the time. Ain't nobody just sits around they they look like they're zoned out sometimes and asleep. (laughs) But they're not. They're thinking. There's something speaking in their mind. And we've just, man, I've just hammered and hammered on that. You got to keep your mind, this, your own spirit. You got to keep it. Yes. And right here is where it's at. Right. These voices that you're hearing from, that you've, you know. Well, God, to think and reason properly, we've got to only use facts, no vain imaginations. The, and God makes, made us with an imagination. I mentioned this before, but I'm going to hit it before we quit here. Your imagination is meant to be used for problem-solving and creativity, not for make-believe fantasies. Yes. That's what God made it for. Brother, you're a mechanic. You've got to think a little. Figure out what's wrong sometimes, don't you? That's what God made our imagination for. I do too. Something quits working, something making noise, I've got to start thinking. Now, well, if it's this, I'm imagining... But I'm not, it's not entertainment. And it ain't fantasy. It's dealing with what I know has happened before, what I know about how this thing works, and what could cause this. You solve problems. Mm -hmm. God made us. And we take that God-given ability, gift, that sets us apart from every other creature on this earth. We're made in the image and likeness of God. That's part of God's image and likeness is in there. And we take it and use it for our own nonsense and sin and, and use it to turn against God and fight against Him with Him. We should teach our children to think right. It's a big deal. What did your dad always say to you? Think, honey, think. How many times have I said that to all of my kids? Think. You ever say that to your kid? <laughs> well, if you haven't, you will. It's a big deal to get them to think. It's a big deal to get anybody to think. That's what I'm doing right now, trying to get you to think. We ought to teach our children to think right. 
but not to be critical thinkers after the manner of this world. They'll be critical enough without our instruction. You can bank on that. They'll be tempted to rebel against authority enough without our encouragement. You can bank on that too. They'll question truth and morals and law enough without our showing them how to do it. Don't do it. Teach them to, teach them to have charity instead of critical thinking. Did you know that the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, y'all know, some of you memorized that, we've been through that, through that, through that. But here's verse 7, Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity is the absolute opposite of critical thinking. Part of love is to trust and have confidence, isn't it? (laughs) You bet it is. What is critical thinking? It voids all of that and makes it impossible to trust or believe anyone or anything. That's the very premise of it. Don't believe nothing. Don't believe anybody. Don't trust anything. You think that's sound advice? Mm. Believing in God is what we call faith, which is another casualty of critical thinking whose very definition means to doubt and question everything. Does faith mean to believe? Y'all listening? Y'all with me? Does faith mean to believe? Are you being critical thinking right now? Are you being critical? You're not agreeing. Are you being critical? Are you just thinking, questioning everything? Afraid I'm going to trap you? I don't do that. I hate it when preachers do that. I've seen them do that. You know, lead people into a trap and, and then make a fool of them. Wrong! We ought to do that with the children either. You know, Gary's Sunday school lesson last Sunday, we was talking about that, and I told him I've been thinking about that, and that is right. You know, children do not understand jokes. Little children, small children like him, they don't understand jokes. When you, you know, you say something to him that's not true, everything you say to him, he believes is true. Why would you lie to him and confuse him like that? Any of them. Everything you do in front of them, everything you say in front of them, everything you say to them or ask them, you know, it's just not good to joke with a small child like that. Because they're being programmed. They're gathering facts. They're gathering information. What's true? What's true and what's not true? That's what they're gathering. And you just dump a bunch of garbage in them. Don't do that. Believing. Critical thinkers will be confused and very lost people because they're without faith and charity and hope. If you don't believe anything, if you doubt everything, how can you? what kind of a life can you have? What kind of peace could you have? How could you trust or hope in anything? Marriage? How about that? Wonder if that's got anything to do with the way things are nowadays concerning marriage. If this kind of thinking has affected that. You reckon? Teaching our children to be critical thinkers will be teaching them not to believe what they must believe to avoid perishing forever with the ungodly. Don't teach your children to be critical thinkers. Teach them to think. Teach them to love. Teach them to trust God. 
and believe the truth. And all that is obviously the work of the devil, I'm telling you. It is. So don't let don't uh, let the rudiments of the world spoil you, or their vain philosophy. That's what this is. See, that's right. don't let any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceits of the rudiments of the world. This is one of them. It's a biggie. Try the spirits with the spirit of God, the spirit of truth, spirit of holiness. The Comforter, would He tell you, lead you in that kind of direction to think that way in your mind? What's all these people that they call them a, what do they call them a, uh, what do they think everybody's against them and everybody's, uh, help me, somebody help me. He's a, what's the word, Gary? Middle child. No, no. No, everybody hates me and everybody's against me. Ain't that something? I've been having lots of trouble the last few days here remembering names and things like that. Words, so. Anyway. I can almost say it. You know, we're wasting time. Don't be that. If you're a critical thinker, everybody's your enemy, really. If you're a critical thinker like the world teaches, I'm talking about, then you're going to be messed up. Teach your children to think. Teach yourself to think. Discipline yourself to think. You got to gird up the loins of your mind and think right. All right, it's not that bad. It's just five after eight. Y'all stand around here and talk for an hour. So think about this. Think about it. Think about it. Watch it. Don't let it slip into your thinking, into your habit, your habitual route your mind goes. Yeah, we got to be watchful in this world. Yeah, but that's prudence and that's wisdom and all of that. We're not talking about just, you know, this nonsense. All right, Father, thank you. Thank you for the Word of God. And I pray you bless the message in... That it do some good. Help us, Lord, to not be so foolish to be caught up in this world's games that it plays at the bidding of the devil. Help us not to be caught into this whirlpool. But Lord, help us. Give us wisdom. Give us understanding through Your Word, by Your Spirit. And Lord, we could be separate from this world and shine as lights in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation. Lord, help us. Go with us now. Bless and watch over us all and help us to remember one another in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.